Netcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. Bandwidth for Tech News Today is provided by Cashfly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. Is Tech News Today for Monday, March 28th, 2011. Tech News Today is brought to you by GoToAssist Express. If you're in tech support, solve problems fast with the leader in remote support software. Go to Assist Express for a free 30-day trial. Visit gotoassist.com slash TNT. And by FreshBooks. FreshBooks is the easy online invoicing service that gets you paid quickly and makes you look professional. Get started with a free package at freshbooks.com. Welcome to Tech News Today. I'm Tom Merritt. I'm Sarah Lane. I'm Darren Kitchen. I'm Jason Howell. And this is the show we kick around the Tech News of the Day. It is Ayaz Akhtar's first day at Twit. He is he is there here he is. in the uh, in the corner. He'll be and, in the chat room hanging out. And in the infinity monitor. Yeah, that's right. More Ayaz than you could ever. Actually, there's two of them. Yeah. <laughs> they, uh, the smaller Ayaz. He'll be hosting <laughs> the show Ayaz. tomorrow. Yes. He'll be co-hosting, but we're just letting him get his sea legs. He just he just sailed here from New York, right? Which is a really long way to go. Yeah, the, he took the Vasco da Gama tire. route. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why he chose to do that. <laughs> uh, you know, it's what you want to see the sights. That's why we hired him because he's crafty. He he thinks outside the box. That's right. I'm going to take a sailing ship. <laughs> All right, uh, let's get to the top story today. Jack Dorsey, the man who wrote the first Twitter post, uh, is coming back. So he he didn't just write the first Twitter post. He helped. Well, he created. He lists on his Twitter himself as creator, co-founder, and chairman of Twitter, which he he is in fact all three of those things. He's currently chairman of the board. So so he was the co-founder of Twitter with Evan Williams. Well, and Biz Stone. It was and a, Biz, it was a yeah. try. They all three co-founded. Yeah, it. but I guess they all Tri-founders. sort of agree that it was Jack's idea. Yeah, everyone seems to always. Well, Jack Dorsey, he really invented Twitter. And the other two played their played their parts as well. They were the and, David Prager and Foo to Jack Dorsey's Kevin Rose. Oh, uh, <laughs> now we have to explain. No, what no, that no, meant. no, we don't. We don't. Okay. Enough people are in. Uh, um, so, and then in 2008, for reasons that at least the three of us couldn't quite figure out. Um, because it was never very clear why Jack Dorsey was pushed out in 2008, but he was. He left the company, stayed on as chairman, but then went to found and and still runs as the CEO of a company called Square. In fact, which he is says, a "Payment company. I will be CEO of Square forevermore." Forevermore, like he's Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah, forevermore. One word, apparently, <laughs> or maybe a raven. Yeah. So <laughs> apparently, I mean, well, it, it goes on with the whole tweeting thing with the birds, you know? Right. Right. So it's 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 interesting that Jack and Ev have essentially traded places because they're not both head of product. But, uh, Ev has been head of product this the last what since he stepped years? down as CEO and right. handed that over to Dick. He's been uh, he's been head of product. and now he is somewhat vaguely working on other things, spending a lot of time away from the office. He's in Tahoe with he's his in, kids. He's in Tahoe doing some macrame. He always kind of struck me touch, as making a, some stone sculptures, maybe some shell art. Yeah, some driftwood art. Yeah, yeah. that's very in right now up in Tahoe. I hear. He always struck me as the kind of person who was not interested in running a very large, successful, not not that he doesn't want to run a successful company, but Twitter is a very different product than it was mm-hmm. when 
the three guys got together and put together a service that really caught on like wildfire. Um, I also wonder why Jack Dorsey isn't, I mean, is running Square not a full-time job now that they have their credit no, card think, company I they, deals? I think it is. Like, as we'll hear later on in the show, mobile payments has really taken off. Yeah. I just don't know how he has time to run product for Twitter, which I, I would think that that would be a lot of work. That and sounds also like a full-time square. job, too. Yeah. So, I don't know. What's going on? What do you think, Darren? Well, I mean, obviously... To, uh, between the time that he was there working on that and now, Twitter has calmed down at least technologically wise, and I think yeah. they have you know the resources to expand and do some you know bright new things. I mean, we've seen uh, cool innovations from them at least with their website. You know, with the uh, what version was that two or three? The the new version, you know, mm-hmm. and, and new Twitter they call yeah, it. And then they're busy eating their children. I mean, whatever it is that they do with the other people that make cool. <laughs> no, things they made it through Donner Pass. They're they actually ma- in. They Donner. made it through yeah. Donner Pass. So I don't know. Maybe they're just going to add like a. I, how else can you innovate Twitter, right? I mean, other than add a uh, uh, 141st character, that'd be cool. Like one more for all of us. Like maybe not even an optional one. That'd just be like, Twitter's one more thing. Yeah, just literally one more thing. One more thing. Literally, like, a single like, character. Maybe it's like not even an optional thing. Maybe it just like randomly adds an exclamation point. Then all of a sudden, Twitter is more exciting. Why it's more not? dynamic. I kind of, I kind of feel like that's the role Dorsey is going to be put in. They're asking him. They're saying, "Look, Evan's getting bored. He wants to go do another startup. He wants mm-hmm. to go on his own. Will you come in and kind of fill the role of visionary?" And, be, and for product development, just sit there in a comfy chair and spout out amazing ideas, and then we'll go and implement them. Okay, that actually does sound like something where that role, you have to rotate those people out because you get burnt out on that stuff, you know? You got to get some fresh minds in there, and sounds like he's the right man for the job. What's interesting, too, is it sounds like Twitter has been trying to fill this position for some time and has talked to some other folks, never hired anybody. So it's not as if they were like, listen, if Ev wants to step back... The only guy for the job is Dorsey. It's almost like, well, the timing has worked out well for all parties involved, and yeah. they're going to give another go. So It is weird, though. His title is going to be executive chairman in charge of product development. He says, today I'm thrilled to get back to work at Twitter, leading product as executive chairman, and yes, leading Square forevermore as CEO. Pound 200%. I don't understand that hashtag. I don't understand that. But executive chairman is basically taking his title he's, of chairman and adding 200%. the word executive to it. Well, when you're already Maybe chairman he didn't have enough characters and you're already to write the winning. creator, then you have to, I mean, head of product isn't going to cut it. Yeah. You got to be executive chairman of the world. I'm not just chairman. I'm executing things. <laughs> and I will execute any of you who do not implement my vision correctly. Yes. Good All right, on to uh, Worldwide Developers Conference has been officially scheduled now for 2011. It'll take place as usual in San Francisco at the Moscone Center. Uh, the conference will be held from June 6th through June 10th. And there will be a keynote. Usually that keynote is on the first day, June 6th. Uh, we'll focus on the future of iOS and macOS. So no hardware announcements, all about software, which actually is not that surprising. It's a developers conference, you know, software programmers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot of folks are saying it doesn't sound like they're going to make an iPhone announcement, uh, which is usually where we get an iPhone announcement is at WWDC. And then it comes out later this summer. That combined with a TechCrunch article from MG Siegler that says that OS 5, iOS 5, will not launch until the fall and be a major revamp of the operating system, although it will probably be previewed at WWDC. All that together says we may not see an iPhone this summer. We may not see an iPhone until fall. And people were already disappointed that we didn't hear anything about iOS 5 at the iPad 2 announcement 
folks were hoping that it was going to be a bundle of some good news, and that was never even brought up. So it was already like, hmm, where was all this news? For it not um, to be launched at WWDC, I mean, I mean, I'm disappointed, but I also feel like it makes sense that if one's delayed, they're both delayed. And it sounds like um, Apple is behind in ordering parts uh, that would be components for the iPhone 5 anyway. So maybe they're not even exactly sure what this thing is going to look like and things need to be signed off on yet and everything is just being pushed back as a result. Right, because if it's not ready, it's not ready. Which, uh, But the thing that I find interesting here is like, okay, so in the last, what, four years now since it was introduced... The whole mobile landscape has completely been revolutionized, like with you know players like Android and the um, Windows Phone Seven, um, and we've seen like giant leaps with like dual core phones and stuff like that now. And it, it kind of seems like you know, well, the other players, like especially the Android ones, can like there's a new phone like every couple of months on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Apple has this regular release schedule. Uh, I'm, I'm just wondering if the revs are going to start slowing down. Well, I wonder how much this has to do with OS Lion, too. I mean, that's still scheduled for the summer. Yeah. And I don't know how much these two will depend on each other. I they would are, assume There has somewhat. been a lot of talk about bringing them closer and closer. Obviously, not interoperable. Well, inter- I mean, not entirely interoperable. Right. But I wonder if Apple's like, ah, we've really got to get Lion out there first. That just makes more sense. Yeah. I don't know how much that factors into this as uh, well. A lot of Chinese manufacturers are reporting that uh, Apple is not ordering parts that they would need to order to make a new iPhone uh, in the amounts that they would need to. So they're not seeing a ramp up in, in, in parts. So that lends credence to the idea that we would not see a new iPhone until later in the fall. Uh, they need I, the parts. I, think, I think we're going to find out at WWDC. We're going to hear about iOS 5. They say the future of iOS. The future of iOS is iOS 5. They're going to talk about it at yeah. WWDC. Uh, whether they actually say when the next platform, when the next phone is going to launch, uh, is going to be the question. Now, getting back to that TechCrunch article, uh, MG says that it will launch in fall, be a major revamp. Two things that I found interesting. One is that it would have a music locker service. That could be another reason for deciding to, to put this off, is they need mm-hmm. more time to really negotiate that music agreement with the major labels. Uh, they could see several new services launch from Apple that take advantage of cloud services, and also uh, a location service that focuses on finding friends and family members. So it's almost like find my kid it's like color. <laughs> like find my iPhone. Where's my kid? Yeah, find find my kid's iPhone. <laughs> find my family members. Yeah, that's just what I need. My mom. Well, that, that would be cool if you're meeting up somewhere, like, like you're meeting up at the mall and you're like, you know, you could just look on a map like, oh, there they are. They're on their way. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, there are some services that will already um, give you geolocation information if somebody has, if we're in a group texting uh, you know, on Beluga or something, but I have to keep pinging you yeah, to right. let you know is, where I am. Is Google Latitude on iOS at all? Yeah, you it can is. use Google Latitude so, on iOS. Yeah, you can do that too. Um, they, they, in fact, and and there's Glimpse. You know, you right. can use Glimpse with iOS. So there's lots of ways to do it right now, but this would be yeah. Apple's right. mm-hmm. uh, way of doing it, which means that everyone would pay attention to it for the first time. <laughs> exactly, legitimizing glimpse yeah. and uh, latitude. That's interesting. Yeah, exactly. I mean, because you know, because Google is latitude. You know, right. it's like. That's not like, you know, some little startup. Never heard of them. They got some people. Uh, you <laughs> I'll know tell what? you about them later. I did hear about them because they hired uh, some guy named James Gosling today. Not just some guy, man. You're talking about the father of uh, Java, right? He's the guy who created the original design of Java, implemented its original compiler and virtual machine. He left Sun in a huff after the acquisition by Oracle. He has referred several times in, in writings to Larry Ellison as LPOD. 
Or Larry Prince of Darkness. That's awesome. Uh, he has been critical of Android fragmentation, saying that uh, one of the problems is they violated the right once run anywhere principle of Java. And that's why you're having these problems with Android fragmentation. So there's one reason why they'd want Gosling on the staff right there. Yeah, well, not just that. I mean, he left like a year ago. So for the last year, he's just been like grooming that thing. You know, that beard it is. <laughs> yes. I think Google... has an epic beard. He has epic geek beard. And I think Google just goes after people with those. They do. They, they went after Vince Cerf, uh, Chris DeBona. Uh, they, they have a lot of good, smart, bearded people and unbearded people. Uh, as well there's also the thought that he might be helpful in the lawsuit between google and oracle although he has said there are no guiltless parties with white hats in this little drama this skirmish skirmish isn't much about patents or principles or programming languages the suit is far more about ego money and power but even him having said that he has accepted a job from google where even he's like i'm not exactly sure what i'll be doing day to day a little of this a little of that but he, he will be working for one side of the two parties involved in this lawsuit. He's going to be picking a side now. Is what yeah. You're yeah, yeah. In, you kind of feel like if you could be Google and bring to the stand, we'd like to call to the stand the founder of Java, right. yeah, the father of yeah. Java. Founder of that's Java. Gonna, that's going to carry a little weight. Exactly. His testimony will carry a little weight. It's just a matter of whether they can get his testimony to be more on their side, which they probably can. Mm-hmm. Hey, you're in tech support, Darren. I do it every now and then, yep. Our sponsor today on Tech News Today is Go to Assist Express. I love them. You, I know you love them. You use them all the time, right? Yeah, I was just using it the other day to help somebody on a Mac, actually. It was pretty cool because I don't know if everybody knows, but it works on both PC and Mac, and it totally fixed some Entourage Outlook 2011 issues. It was great. Go to Assist Express is brought to you by our friends at Citrix. Uh, they help bring you lots of great Twitch shows, including Tech News Today. Go to Assist recently named the worldwide market leader in remote support. Uh, and don't want to interrupt the flow of news too much, but we do like to tell you about our sponsors because that's how we pay for the show. Uh, and they're really good at what they do. We, we were very careful of how we pick sponsors at Twit. Uh, go to Assist Express. Easy to use, affordable, secure. You don't have to pre-install software on your customer's computer. Uh, you just start your session with one click, send the person an invitation, they connect, and then PC or Mac, you're up and running, you share the screen, you find the problem. They don't even need to be at the computer. You can fix it for them. Go to Assist, brought to you by Citrix, and all the data exchanged during your session is completely secure with end-to-end 128-bit encryption. So try them out for free. For 30 days. That's that's the deal. That's what they're giving you to entice you to give them a shot. Go to assist.com slash TNT is the address if you want to support our show. Uh, and we really thank Citrix for all their support and for making such good products. Go to assist.com slash TNT. On to more news. Komodo hacker claims he's the one who stole the certificates. Not the Iranian government. No, just one hacker. He says he, he's, he's an amazing hacker. He says he uh, has the power of a thousand hackers. He, that's, exactly, that's right. He said that. He hacked the SSL certificate stolen from Komodo that we talked about last, last week. He claims no association with either the government or the Iranian cyber army. Uh, what he says is that he went to globaltrust.it and instantssl.it. Those are two uh, partners of CA, the Certificate Authority Komodo, uh, that allowed him to get in through the back door essentially he found a dll disassembled it and in it found plain text username and passwords that are used as the ability to get a certificate signing request hooray for reverse engineering all he had to do was use the that username and password make some csrs 
to Komodo, Komodo automatically delivered their certificates. That's, That's how he got his eight certificates. To Komodo's credit, they did instantly notice that this was wrong. Uh, though, then again, Komodo has, the, you know, something like this has happened to them before. Back in 08, one of their resellers actually issued a certificate without proper authorization for Mozilla.org. Uh, interestingly, Mozilla actually even went as far as when this went down to go ahead and explicitly block the offending certificate and issued a patch uh, in the Firefox 4 RC2 uh, as well as the 3.5 and 3.6 builds. Kind of not really the way to attack this problem. You know, the problem was that these keys were issued off of the root certificate rather than an intermediary. But, um, you know, I don't know. Well, it's we just- saw this with HB Gary, too. It's It's insecure... Username and password management. Right. That is often the weakest link. Now, in HB Gary's case, there was people being the problem. In yes. this case, people were kind of tangential to the problem, which was having it plain text within the DLL. Yeah, but here's the thing: whether it's you know something as simple as people you know putting passwords in plain text in DLLs, or you know a uh, social engineering a person, or a remote exploit that didn't exist yesterday, then you know it, it still comes down to hey, this is a certificate authority. And when you stop trusting the certificate authorities, then all hell breaks loose. Well, so he didn't yeah. have to be a hacker with the strength of a thousand hackers. Well, he claims to be in his manifesto. It's pretty hot, I gotta say. You gotta have a manifesto. Dude, you know, the mentor had one and, and he's rocking his own. He says, I am not a group of hackers. I'm a single hacker with experience of a thousand hackers. I'm a single programmer with experience of a thousand programmers. I'm a single planner and project manager with experience of a thousand project managers. Well, that's a headache. So you're right. <laughs> it didn't say the headache part. That's me. It's managed by a group of hackers, but, uh, but it was only I with experience of a thousand hackers. It's like the voices of a thousand hackers crying out at once and then suddenly silence. <laughs> yes, Obi-Wan. <laughs> All right, let's move on to Amer- or, uh, Google working on a Nexus tablet. Now, I kind of thought this was the Motorola Zoom, but according to uh, intelligence acquired by a Russian blog called Mobile Review, LG has been asked to produce a pure Google Nexus tablet which would be ready midsummer or early autumn. So this would be like the Nexus S or the Nexus One before it. It would be the reference design, mm-hmm. uh, and it would be only uh, ma- it would be only manufactured to Google specs. Whereas I guess the the difference is the Motorola Zoom, while it is vanilla honeycomb on it, is Still under the be- control of Motorola. Right. Uh, but will it be under some Motorola wrapping paper? What the Zoom? Uh, yeah. Yeah, the the Zoom is not under that kind of wrapping paper, but Ayaz and I were talking about that earlier today, and he's he's convinced that they're going to put some sort of add new, at the very new version of Moto Blur or something over the top of the Zoom eventually, and that's why Google wants something that they are entirely in control of, and they're just asking LG to make it the way they did with the Nexus. Talk about an outcry coming from something like that. That that feels like having the rug pulled out from under your feet if you get a device based on the fact that it's pure vanilla. I think that's a big selling point for mm-hmm. people yeah. right now. I don't. I don't really and then think Motorola having them add with Moto Blur over the top of it. That's slap in the I mean, face. Nobody wants anything added to Android, correct? Well, that's not Every, true. I mean, okay. some people some specifically people get the Samsung yeah. because they like the way they they've yeah. tweaked it. Um, or, know, the or the HTC uh, Sense UI is, yeah, is pretty popular like too. Yeah, yeah, and and you know more power to them for taking what is supposedly an open source platform and you know customizing it to their whim. I mean, that's the whole idea behind it. Um, it is, I think it's interesting to see that this happening again with like the tablet because wasn't it Motorola that got the huge push uh, as kind of you know one of the premier yeah, exactly. ones with the the Motorola Droid really catapulting Android to to huge success years ago and then 
And then Android, uh, Google happened to go out and be like, uh, here's the Nexus One. It's the Google only one. And you know? the, and, and that, that's actually a good analogy because the Droid, uh, was not, did not have a big, you know, interface pasted over it from Motorola. No, it was pretty slow. Uh, but, but Motorola was in control of it. And so the Nexus S came along because Google was like, this is going to be built in on, only under our control and we will, we will control every little bit of it. Uh, so they, they want a tablet like that as well. And they chose LG. Look at that. I guess uh, they're spreading it around. Yeah, hey, mm-hmm. it's interesting. Well, yeah. they're, they're not anybody. sticking with one fam- manufacturer. They're, You're right, they're testing the Samsung was everybody. doing the Galaxy S, and before mm-hmm. that, who was it that did the? Uh, the it was HTC. Nexus HTC. HTC did the Nexus yeah. One, right? Mm-hmm. That is spreading the love. Yeah. And um, uh, Tyrell Corporation did the <laughs> Nexus Six. <laughs> All right, American Express is entering the mobile payment fray, uh, making their own PayPal. They're going to launch something called Serve. Uh, that will let consumers make purchases, take cash withdrawals from ATMs, and make person-to-person payments from their computer or their phone. So if you have Serve, you can use it anywhere that American Express works. Don't leave home without it. Um, there are a lot of places that don't take American Express, but otherwise it sounds like a really good move for the company. Hmm. Everybody's getting into this uh, this digital payment sector, whether it's mobile payments or yeah. online payments. PayPal's going to have a lot of competition. In fact, uh, Wall Street Journal reports that Google... Google Never heard of them. Will allow people with debit and credit cards from MasterCard or Citigroup to turn on an app and pay for purchases from their smartphones. Uh, at no point would they need to take their cards out of their wallets to make a purchase. They just use near-field communication from their Nexus S. There you go. Uh, Google plans to pay for thousands of installations of NFC systems around New York City and San Francisco. I love it. I, I will not miss my little plastic cards one bit. That way you won't be rude when you're on your phone at checkout. You'll just be having it out. Although, then, I don't, I don't what about the, all of, if you get used to not um, taking your credit cards around, then what about when you actually need to get cash? Because your phone won't print cash for you. When no, you, you just wave the, it in front of the ATM. Yeah. No, but, oh. Or if you don't feel like doing any of that NFC stuff, you could just stick with American Express. Because Dan Schulman, the, pres- uh, the group president, uh, said that he was incredibly uninterested with the form factor and the proposition change in the whole NFC yeah, his thing. Quote is, not, his quote like, is pretty man. hilarious. Yeah. He says, that's incredibly uninteresting. That's a form factor shift, not a value proposition change. Speak English, Dan. Uh, I, I think what he's saying is, you know what? It's much easier to start something like Serve and get people to use that than to get into making them not pull their cards out of their wallets. Everybody's got a card. So if we've got them using American Express, we can make them use Serve because it's familiar. And, it, and once translated to, to those words, it makes a little more sense. Final. Oh, yes. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I like the name of the product. Serve. I You've do. Been served. You've been served. With cash. Ooh. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like we served cash. Uh, things are still unresolved in Japan. Uh, this time, the problem is at nuclear reactor two. Uh, remember, a, f- a couple of weeks ago, we went through there's six reactors there. Uh, three and four were the troublesome ones in the past. Now they're finding radiation levels at the surface of water in Unit Two's turbine building, uh, measured on March 26th and 27th at a thousand millisieverts per hour at the surface of the water in turbine building Unit Two. Uh, all isotopes found in the water have half-lives measured in hours or days, which is good because it means the radioactivity would go away fast, with the exception of cesium-137. 
which is, you know, the, all of these things are dangerous, but at least it is the less dangerous of the isotopes. NISA, uh, the Japanese atomic agency, said that it is possible the water came in contact with fuel rods in the reactors, but it isn't clear how that would happen. And that's the most disturbing thing about this is they've got this radioactive water. It is dangerous if you're close to it, but yeah. as long as you keep people away from it, it's not dangerous. But they don't know where it's coming from. And until you figure out where it's coming from, it's unsettling because you don't know if more of it will come out. Yeah, it's a leaky situation, it sounds like. Yeah. Speaking of leaky situations, on to the news fuse. <laughs> sure, why not? Facebook is getting more Warner Brothers movies. Now you can rent a total of six movies using Facebook credits. Inception, Life as We Know It, and Yogi Bear will cost you 40 Facebook credits. That's about four bucks. Uh, while they've also added two Harry Potter movies and the previously watchable Dark Knight, those are still the cheaper $3 in Facebook credits, which I think is something like 30 So if you wanted a new way to watch Yogi Bear, now you got it. If you want porn in India, then you and I have something in common. But you won't be able to get it from any site using the .xxx domain. The Indian government will block any site which uses .xxx. However, sites using .com or .in will be evaluated on a case-by-case basis. Ooh. Yeah. start selling a new router that only blocks everything but .xxx. <laughs> anyway, Microsoft, they're working on a new technology. Check it out. It's going to determine whether wireless frequencies are being used. So this system, it's called SpecNet, it's going to basically uh, allow for better wireless communication since device could, uh, devices could operate on these unused frequencies. But don't expect it to be in any consumer devices anytime soon because it costs like upwards of 40 grand. Oops. Yeah. Mm. All right. Uh, no one likes caps. Well, they actually like app caps, but they yeah. don't like data caps. Uh, AT&T is going to put them on their DSL services anyway. The only problem is apparently AT&T doesn't really know how to measure data usage. According to forum posts, AT&T has overreported usage by as much as 4,700%. Just a little bit. 4,700%. Going over the caps will result in data charges, so you kind of hope AT&T figures this thing out before the caps go official starting May 2nd. Mushroom caps, also nice. Mm. Yeah, especially in a nice uh, vinegar sauce. Yeah, shiitake. Mm. Mm-hmm. Very good. Canadian ISP Rogers has admitted to throttling World of Warcraft. What the heck? Rogers, do you hate WoW? No, the company claims that the throttling was a mistake. It does throttle P2P traffic, and apparently its servers were seeing WoW traffic as P2P sometimes, possibly since WoW uses P2P to add update patches to games. Rogers will be working Blizzard to sort this thing out once and for all. This is why you don't block protocols, because protocols aren't used for the same damn thing. Yes, for the horde. Sing it, sister. Earlier this month, Twitter was told by a U.S. court that it had to hand over account information in a case related to WikiLeaks. However, Twitter's fighting this and asked that the ruling be overthrown, overturned, over something, over easy. All of this is related to a U.S. government ongoing investigation of WikiLeaks. A new study published in the Journal of Craniofacial Surgery, we know you all read it, uh, suggested that mobile phones can have an impact on bone health. The study had, a, had men place a cell phone in their pocket for around 11 hours a day for more than five years. We, we know the jokes they made to each other. Yes, that's a cell phone in my pocket. When their legs were x-rayed, the side with the phone showed significantly lower bone mineral content and bone mineral density. So there's another reason to get the cell phone out of your pocket. Yikes. Worried that posting on Twitter about how yummy your ham sandwich was at lunch today might undermine your credibility as a nuclear physicist? 
quite the opposite, in fact, according oh. to a study published in the March issue of Learning, Media, and Technology, something everyone here reads. Students perceive instructors who make social tweets as more credible than instructors who remain strictly business. Apparently knowing that a Twitter stream is not run by a bot, but a professor who loves ham... Is, you have to uh, rub it in. It, it helps uh, make them believe in you. A not bit not more. everybody needs to know how delicious your ham sandwich is. I don't believe so. My professor told me quantum computing is the real thing. But- Do you eat ham? <laughs> I don't know. Whatever you then buy. How would I believe him? <laughs> All right. Anything. Uh, MIT professor Daniel Nocera claims to have created an artificial leaf made from stable and inexpensive materials that mimics the process of photosynthesis, and he is ready to bring it to market. This isn't one of those like because we've been hearing about this for years. Like, oh, we're going to mimic photosynthesis, and that's going to be amazing, and it'll it'll bring us lots of energy. Uh, Nocera's leaf is stable, operates continuously for at least forty five hours without a drop in activity, uh, and it's made of things like silicon. Uh, chemical catalysts, some electronics, stuff that's off the shelf. This isn't like weird, weird stuff. It's also 10 times more efficient at carrying out photosynthesis than a natural leaf. And uh, he's forged a deal with an Indian conglomerate called Tata Group to build a small power plant the size of a refrigerator within a year and a half. Yeah, and the MIT professor, uh, Daniel Nakara, is now setting his sights on developing countries. So, hey, if you can develop a leaf, he could probably do that. No, I think he just wants to market it to countries that are developing. No, it says it right there in the article. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but I think what he means oh. is that it's countries that are developing. Not. It's okay, Darren. I do that too sometimes. It happens to all of us. It's perfectly natural. <laughs> all right. Uh, I want to thank our other sponsor, FreshBooks. For the, you use FreshBooks as I well. I It's so great. I actually uh, have sent out, recently sent out my first invoice on FreshBooks. If you're a small business owner or a freelancer, uh, you know how painful invoicing can be. Stop feeling the pain. Go to FreshBooks.com. Try it out. They'll create professional-looking invoices, even add your company logo. Uh, they'll even mail out paper versions of your invoices. They mailed me a sample this weekend. Oh, that's great, dude. The best is you can actually add a payment gateway so when you send out your invoice, the person receiving it can click right there and pay online with a credit card so you don't have to wait for them to issue a check and go through the mail system and you take it to the bank and Dude, pay boom. Too. Pay yeah, quick. yeah. There's lots of ways for them to to handle the the late payment reminders. Be the heavy. Uh, try out FreshBooks for free today for up to three of your clients. You just set up an account. You don't have to pay them anything. You got more than three clients. Well, you try it out with one or two of your clients. See if you like it. And when you do, which I think you will, then you can pay for the multiple clients account that you need. Uh, Everyday Fresh FreshBooks is also giving up cake. They're giving it away. Don't give yeah. up your cake, Fresh Books. <laughs> but they're giving Hand it over the cake. They're giving it to people who give it up for the TNT. You just gotta <laughs> when you sign up uh, in the little comments section, say I heard about this on TNT, and Everyday Fresh Books is giving away a birthday cake to one of you TNT listeners, and it doesn't have to be your birthday to win. You still Great. get a cake. I don't know why they're calling it birthday cake because it's just cool cake, but. I guess people just dude, are like, dude. what do you mean cake? The, you know, like a birthday cake. It's awesome oh, cake. It's awesome They're cake. They're from Canada. Don't don't ask. It's it's impolite. Got it. Yeah. yeah. See, yeah. I'm not the only one who makes fun of Canadians. I'm Perfectly not. natural. You heard it here. <laughs> Happens to everyone. <laughs> Send your email to Darren Hack 5. <laughs> On to the calendar. I heard you, Toronto. Internet founding father Paul Barron has died at the age of 84. If you're unfamiliar with him, he's a pretty important dude. He conceived of what later became packet switching. 
Bye, Paul. We will miss you. Yeah, you know, he, he went to AT&T with this at the time, and they were like, that's a stupid idea. Hang up in the middle of the call. And he's like, no, 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 no not analog. I'm talking about, they're like, that's a stupid idea. Hang up in the middle of the call. So he, so he went to ARPA instead, yeah. and they're like, oh, yeah, Air Force gets this. We understand what you're talking about. And he was all like, sin, wow. and they were like, ack, and he was like, sin, ack. He's like, I don't know. On. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Anyway. TCP jokes. Wow. <laughs> the Web 2.0 <laughs> Expo kicks off in San Francisco today, March 28th, and runs through uh, end of day Wednesday. The New York Times paywall rolls out beyond Canada this afternoon. There is such a thing? Yes, yes. No, there's a big, big world out there. Uh, offering discounted digital descriptions and ideas as part of today's paywall launch. So if you want to participate, this might be a time to... Uh, pay a few fewer dollars. Today is the 32nd anniversary of the reactor meltdown at Three Mile Island. Verizon Samsung 4G LTE mobile hotspot launches on March 31st. I think that's what I'm going to get. I was debating getting a Thunderbolt because I'm like, oh, it would be cool to have an Android phone and then I can use it as Wi-Fi hotspot and everything. But you have to pay extra for the, the mobile hotspot service. And then you gotta, and then you gotta buy the phone. Then you're, and it's like, you know what? My Verizon uh, MiFi contract is up March 31st. Perfect timing. Uh, It's a sign. I'll just get an LTE hotspot. Maybe you get the Android, and I show you how to root it, and then you don't pay for the tethering. Mm -hmm. Uh Yeah, and then you get a cease and desist. No, that's AT and T. That's AT and T so far. Yes, that's true. Nah, that's a good point. I still have to pay more for it though. Finally, AT&T says the Atrix 4G and Inspire 4G will have HSUPA enabled in April. That is the fast uploading protocol, right? Right, because right now if you use uh, an AT&T LTE phone like the Atrix, uh, you might notice that if you're trying to do anything that involves uploading Mm -hmm. in large amounts, like maybe if you're broadcasting Ustream or something like that, that that. it's not fast. It's really slow because they did not implement HSUPA when they implemented LTE. So come April, things will be better for you Ustreamers and the like. On to the phones. 260-TNT-SHOW is the phone number. Uh, the other day, I was like, come on, you people. You never call. And then you did. Hi, Tom and Sarah. You said I never call. I'm fine. How are you? We're doing good. Thanks for thanks for calling and letting us know how you were. Is that your mom? No, it was, um, it was definitely not mine. It wasn't mine. No. Darren? No. no. Couldn't be. Yeah. No. She, she just called because we said you never call. And so she called. That was nice. Yeah. Next time, tell us who you are. Yeah. Also uh, calling and saying more than just hello, although it was very nice to hear a hello, is uh, Mike in New Hampshire, who we talked about the story of them putting, one, the government considering putting a meter in your car to track your mileage so that cars that are extra fuel efficient like hybrids wouldn't get away with paying less fuel tax mm-hmm. than other cars. But Mike's got a better idea. Hi, guys. This is Mike in New Hampshire. This is in response to the story about putting meters in cars to generate revenue for a highway repair that might shrink with the introduction of electric cars. I know this is a tech show, but sometimes I think organizations and governments think too hard and thereby too techie. Instead, why not go with a low-tech idea and impose a tax on tires? The more you drive, the more you pay, but nobody knows where you went or when. Up or quash. Keep up the good work. The show really is great. Thanks. I think that's very elegant if we're going to have to tax something. But, but that, that consumable varies depending on the way that you use your tires. That's yeah. true of fuel, too, though. Right. It con- There's it, no it, it consumable varies depending on the way you drive. Yeah. I guess so. So that, would... But it doesn't vary as much as the variance between a hybrid and a, and a gas. So it encourage you, encourages you to be less of a lead foot 
on the break. Encourages you not to do donuts in the parking lot. It definitely encourages it discourages donuts. That's a real shame too, because but but tire wear I think is I don't know I'm sure people will write in with the problems right. with tire wear, but right now I'm not seeing any big ones. Well, doesn't it also? I mean, you're going to wear your tires down faster if there's four people in the car rather than one because the car is heavier and so there's more. Um, I don't know. But I'd rather have that than then put a box in my car that's faulty and I can easily hack. Because they're pretty much... That's just silly. Yeah, they're monitoring the same thing, right? It's that tire wear would be so much less invasive on people's privacy and what you're doing all day. Right, and and already uh, Infallible points out then that might encourage you to drive on bald tires, and that's Mm. dangerous. Oh, yeah, Yeah. don't want to do that. Yeah, you don't want to, because you want to avoid the tax. Hmm. All right. On to the emails, TNT at twit.tv. Daryl wrote in and said, in show 207, you mentioned that Google may keep all your receipt data. Uh, This was a patent uh, filing that they had done that Mm -hmm. we were talking about. Just recently, he says, I was wishing for this exact thing. As a family, we try to stay on a budget, and this would be wonderful for categorizing. For example, my wife tries to categorize purchases from Walmart, and it's a wide range of items, and it's very difficult to accurately categorize. I would love to know that I spent $500 on toilet paper in the last five years. Maybe then we'd go back to single ply. Thanks. Mm. Love the show. You know, you go to single ply, you're just going to use twice as much toilet paper. Yeah, Yeah. really. I don't think you'll get what you want out of that. But that's actually a really good point. I mean, I I use mint.com, for example, and it helps categorize what I'm spending my money on each month. So I get an accurate picture like, oh, I've been going out to restaurants too often or I spend too much money on groceries. But it's not going to itemize anything that I buy at the grocery store. If you go to Walmart, which sells like everything, it doesn't know what you bought there, No, yeah, it just puts it all into grocery. So you you could just solve this problem by not going to Walmart, instead going to the toilet paper store and then (laughs) going to, you know, the broccoli store and then going to the place where they only sell fruits and then, you know. But eventually we're just going to order everything from Amazon and then what happens? Then every restaurant in the world is Taco Bell. Yeah, yeah, right. And we need the Google patent. You know what? You know who owns Taco Bell in that Demolition Man future you're talking about? Yeah, who? Google. Oh. Really? Right. Yeah, totally. Weird. I'm Weird. sure of it. Mm. I don't like the sound of that. They're kind of lurking in the background of that entire movie. They run the world. They designed the Chalupa. And the three shells. Web 6184 is going is to debunk that here in just a bit. Okay. Well, thanks, everybody, uh, for watching. Tomorrow, Becky Worley is back on the show along with IS Actar. So tune in. Send us your emails, tnt at twit.tv. Give us a call, 260-TNT-SHOW. Visit hack5.org. And join us this Saturday, April 2nd, at the Hot Tatsy Club in Albany, California, for our Season 9 launch party. And you can find our website at twit.tv slash tnt. We'll see you there, both at the party and online and on the show tomorrow. Bye-bye.